Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking surge pricing for beer, majors over pedigree, and the death of privacy. That's right, man. This is our Friday flight, and we're going to cover the top stories from this week and how they pertain to your personal finances. But first, we want to make sure that we highlight the fact that how to money is going down in real life. It's it's <laughs> HTM IRL, not in the metaverse, not in the not in the metaverse. You want to share with folks the the details on where it is they can grab a beer with us. So if you're hearing today, yeah, tonight, tonight, if you're listening to this and you're somewhere in the southeast United States. <laughs> <laughs> within a six-hour drive, you can make it uh, <laughs> to Inner Voice Brewing in Decatur, just outside of Atlanta. We're Matt, you, you and I were trekking down back in the city for this hang because Inner Voice has some of the best IPAs around, and uh, we just we want to see. We had like a couple of their beers, but they were so good. We're like, we've got to hit this place up yes. in person. So it's kind of an excuse for us to <laughs> have some awesome beers. But what better way to enjoy those beers than in the company of other fellow money nerds? That's right. And so we'll be there from four to. 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. So come on down. We'll buy your first beer. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? They have some of the best pizza actually um, on tap as well. So Glide Pizza yeah. is delicious. When you say pizza on tap, it makes it seem like that you can just drink it. I wish. But that is not <laughs> how you consume this pizza. But yeah, <laughs> we do hope to, to see you there. This isn't an actual story, Joel, but the, uh, the iPhone was released earlier this week. I saw I that. I feel like we got to talk about that. The titanium 1200. It just seems exorbitant. <laughs> and it, again, we've talked about just the incremental increases in technology it if they feel like minimal upgrades and then yeah. 
And then, obviously, they went to USB-C because they were kind of forced uh, to do that by the European Union. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, being Apple, (laughs) doing what they do, they create a $29 (laughs) dongle to adapt your lightning cable to this new USB-C. This is is exactly like what Apple would do. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been doing this since the beginning, but... um, You could probably get one on Amazon for like $4.99. Yeah, you could probably buy... You could probably get like ten of them for twenty bucks, <laughs> right? Because like you can just get it, they'll be shipped from some warehouse in China, and yeah. then you can hand them out to your friends as well. But they might not have the Apple logo on the mat. They won't. They won't. But here's my here's my take. I'm still an Apple fanboy, but I just don't see what compels folks to go out and get the newest one when you do have these incremental upgrades. Because like back in the day, there were massive. Well, first of all, they can't replicate the spectacle that was the original iPhone sure. unveiling, right? Like like when you've set the bar that high, it's I think folks are coming back for that same whoa. Wow you know? me. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of it honestly has to do with consumers and media needing to kind of like cool your jets a little bit, like temper your expectations as to what is going to be coming down the pike because yes, it's a perfectly fine phone, but I don't think folks are going to be blown away like they have. Those releases the used past. they used to be like the technology equivalent of the Super Bowl. They were. Yeah, they literally were. I used New to watch York, them. Everybody back was in the day. like live, live blogging and live it was, tweeting. It was and amazing. Stuff. Yeah. Like the things that they were unveiling early on were were, were huge. Honestly, so it kind of and it's just kind of tough to keep up, right? Like at yes, some point, you can't maintain that. Yeah. And and I guess that's what that's again why I don't understand why folks are looking at the new one because it's like it's not that much better. It makes me think. I feel like a, a parallel might be cars. Because every year they come out with a new version mm-hmm. of the same car. Is it that much better than the last year's version? Not really. It's just like with the phones. Yep. There's some new colors, a couple new features. But it's not enough, I think, for most folks, folks who are trying to be smart with their money, to go out of their way in order to buy this new thing, as opposed to buying a model that's used, or at least last year's yeah. model, where it's already taken a massive price cut. Like, Agreed. Like By the way, you mentioned cars. We're actually going to talk about another reason not to oh. buy new cars. <laughs> not just the price tag, but it's there's true. actually... Um, so you might be getting into something that invades your privacy, so we'll talk that's about true. that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Bottom line, just get yourself an old, used iPhone. I've got a yeah. 13... Uh, you've got the fancy 14, which was the newest one for all of two months. But I'm still not. You, you got an awesome deal. I'm though. still not sold, though. I still miss my Android, and I'm not bah. sure what to do. I feel like I'm over here in like the you, you middle like of the it. road land. Nah, I miss my Pixel. <laughs> it's good, but I, I miss the Pixel. All right, all right let's um, get onto the Friday flight. Some sampling of stories we found interesting this week, and let's start with inflation. It, it certainly looked like inflation was being tamed by the Federal Reserve via sustained interest rate hikes, mm-hmm. but new inflation numbers came out on Wednesday, and it looks like it's still too early to declare victory. The main culprit, as anyone listening in California knows, is <laughs> gas prices. I saw someone post the other day, Matt, like gas prices are north of six bucks a gallon there. It's just, it's frightening. That's insane. Enough to make anybody go EV, right? Uh, but so gas prices went up to the d- tune of double digits in a single month, which was a, a large part of kind of this bump in inflation. And so it even prompted actually our governor here in Georgia to eliminate the state gas tax for the next month. It, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But insurance increases are another one of the the major culprits. So what's the Fed going to do here? 
Well, energy prices are incredibly volatile. The Fed isn't looking uh, at just the headline inflation number. They're looking at what's causing those price increases and how sticky those categories are. And so, you know, these gas price increases, they're, you know, although they're tough to stomach from a consumer standpoint, they're not necessarily a sign that inflation has not been tamed. So just because you see the headline inflation number go up, don't be surprised if the Fed holds rates steady and waits for more data. Yeah. Okay. So speaking, we were just kind of talking about used cars, or I mentioned that in parallel with like the new phones, whatever. I did see in the data that the price of used cars and used trucks dropped. It has been dropping since yeah. last year, but it's, it dropped pretty significantly from, from last month. It's down 1% and it's down a full 7% from uh, this time last year. That's so great. That's actually, that's great news. 100%. So even though you might be paying more for gas, maybe. <laughs> Less for the car. <laughs> yeah, even hold, holding out, trying to not buy a car while prices are at all time highs. But now you can maybe, there's like a collective sigh of relief for all those who've kind of been making do as their car has been limping along, slapping some duct tape on it or, or whatever <laughs> to, to keep it to work. But as prices are rising, surge pricing is all the rage in order to keep supply and demand in balance. But surge pricing for beer? Yeah, that's right. It's actually happening, uh, at least uh, across the pond over in the UK. Prices are apparently going to increase on beers at pubs. Uh, and specifically pubs that are owned by the Stonegate Group. They this own is, like something like 800 pubs. Yeah. So they're like, all right, listen, this price increases during the busiest times yeah. uh, at the pub. That's right. Yeah. So chances are, if you've been to a pub in the UK, you probably have been to a Stonegate pub <laughs> or one that they own. Uh, we obviously, we love beer and would prefer for our favorite IPAs, our favorite barrel-aged sours to be less expensive. But surge pricing, it has been the norm in other industries. And we actually don't bat an eyelash. Like, I don't mind this all that much like you've seen this uh in the airline industry you've seen it with hotels concert tickets uh uber rides they have all implemented similar pricing strategies even restaurants uh you know that like that's pretty dang close to pubs as far as like the industry goes but they often they, they serve like the same meals the same dish at lunch for a reduced price in order to get people in the door as mm -hmm. well. And so the fact that this is crossing over a little bit into our world, the, the, <laughs> wor the wor world of beer, it honestly doesn't bother us all that much. Yeah, the same burger and fries can be 13 bucks at lunch and 17 bucks at dinner. And we, yeah. we're just like, okay, cool. That's just the way it, We've the way it goes. we that, yeah. but yeah, all but, of a sudden. And I think but it, people, like beer, beer pub goers in the UK are I think it has to do with the UK are the, not happy. Yes, it's, it's kind of it's the, a cultural institution. the culture around it. And so I get more of the pushback back there. But I would not be surprised if we see that even here uh, stateside. Yeah. All right. The one potentially fatal flaw here, though, to me is really just a marketing mistake, right? Like surge pricing is going to piss people off if you implement it the wrong way. And like AMC, they just walk back their effort to charge more for nicer seats because people are like, hey, that's not cool. The better approach in this case is the carrot approach instead of the stick approach, right? So my suggestion to the Stonegate group would be to offer discounts for grabbing a pint at less busy times of day. Joel is now open for consulting. That's right. Heads up. And I'm giving this <laughs> this lesson for free right here, okay? You, you don't even have to pay. It's on the house. And I would just say charging full price, right? Even if that full price goes up a little bit at other times, that's a good way to do it. And then discounting the beer at other times of day. Like people love happy hour because they're getting a discount. And so exactly. it's a psychological thing. It makes sense that prices would increase a bit at the busiest time of day, but this pub conglomerate, they just did a bad job implementing those price changes. There's a better way to do it instead of being like, we're going to charge you extra. We're going to smack you in the face when you try to order a beer at from five to eight or whatever, when the pub is busy, 
do, go the opposite route and offer people discounts. People will be thrilled. Yeah, that's the uh, half uh, the, the glass half full approach as opposed to focusing on the negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and what this means for individuals, like the reason this doesn't bother us is because it's just the concept of supply and demand at work. And what this means is just like when it comes to travel and booking airfare, look at going when other people aren't going, yeah. right? And so the Shoulder season. This doesn't mean that you need to show up to the pub at 10 in the morning. That's probably <laughs> not healthy. But consider, do consider some of the other times. Anytime you can zig while other folks are zagging, like that's when you're going to see the, the most benefit and nobody is forcing you. It's not like this is some inalienable right to <laughs> that you should have access to to beer sure but, um, and well and think about how how bad it would get really quickly if the airline prices were the same no matter what time of day the the flight was taken off no matter what time of year it was happening the if the the, the flights on yeah. december 23rd cost the same as a flight february 11th that christmas travel like they, they have to be able to price it they're going to lose money at other times of the year in order to, to make money on the busiest times. even out that demand a little yeah. bit yeah i think it i think it makes sense let's uh let's talk about higher education because it turns out most Americans have lost faith in the value of college. Specifically, 56% of Americans say that getting a college degree is not worth it. Uh, and Gen Z, not surprising, uh, they're more disillusioned with the prospect of college as starting salaries remain stagnant as the college ticker price has been rising. And this brings up the question, is college actually worth it? And we think it is if you choose your school and if you choose your major wisely uh, we don't want you to go overboard with debt if, if that's the approach that you take we think that it still makes sense for a lot of folks obviously it's not for everyone out there uh, but it can still be incredibly valuable the journal they just released their best colleges in america rankings last week uh, and to their credit they focus specifically on whether or not colleges actually help students graduate on time right and so where is the like are our incentives aligned here like do you mm-hmm. have a vested interest in an ability to get a student through as opposed to being like yeah yeah go ahead and enroll and Come on back for yourself. hey check out all these keggers going on <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to just waste an extra couple years while at the same time you're contributing to the economy of our town and paying tuition why, all at the same time why not stay put for the better part of a decade <laughs> it's nice here exactly but they're, they're, they're taking that into account with this study uh, within these rankings they're taking into account how much that education translates into higher income upon graduation as well and those are the two of the most important metrics because fewer years trying to get your degree that's going to typically mean less money spent overall and the value of college it's it's also proven by how education translates into real world income does that actual degree give you a, a chance to succeed or is it just a, a fancy fancy piece of piece of paper like yeah. it it's they're focusing on outcomes as opposed to just the again yeah like we mentioned at the top of the episode title of this episode the pedigree yeah but so, before college prices went berserk especially kind of in that upper echelon sector it made sense to rank colleges based on kind of some other metrics, I think. But now these are like the two most important metrics, right, for most people to to know before they choose where they're going to go to school. Yeah, and we we love it. Like I qu- I can quickly see this uh, very much outpacing the U.S. World News Report yes. college rankings, which, which is, is just like completely arbitrary. Yes, <laughs> it, it seemed like that maybe was bought and paid for in some ways too. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the stats show. The getting a college degree still lead to significantly higher lifetime earnings, but your major actually matters more than where you choose to go to school, which should give high schoolers the confidence to opt for the less expensive route, the less expensive school, which often improves the ROI of that yes. degree. So if you're getting which the same degree, all about. yeah, nobody cares, especially after you're, you get your, that first job, nobody cares where you went 
to school. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter as long as you have the degree in the subject that matters and the work ethic and the ability that go along with it, right? Totally. Yeah. And by the way, if you are, maybe you're not a fan of the journal, the same data is being, I don't know how long it's been collected by the Department of Education, but we've mentioned this on the show before, but the Department of Education, they have a college scorecard and you can enter in specific schools, you can yeah. enter in specific degrees, and you can see what the likely earnings are upon graduation. We'll make sure to link to that in the it's show just, notes. It's just so helpful. I mean, yeah. th- there's when you're talking about value, knowing what the return on that investment, on the, it's a big time and money investment to go to school. So knowing what the likely return on investment is going to be, is just really important uh, before you embark on that journey. And just like everything else in life, value comes down to how much the thing costs, how much it takes from you, and then how much it gives. And the headline price, yes, of college has gone up significantly. But financial aid has also increased significantly too. We talked about that in episode 655, I think it was, with Ann Garcia. Mm-hmm. And so for just like how to get the college degree for a whole lot less and how to make sure that you're getting the best bang for your buck. So I would encourage you to check that one out. And actually next week, we're going to talk about debt-free degrees with our friend Jason Brown, who got two debt-free degrees. And that's going to be a fun conversation and just really hopefully help push people in the at least thinking along the lines of being able to get uh, a higher education degree, being able to go to college without maybe even taking on any debt at all, which really puts you in the catbird seat, right? If you've got the education that translates to higher earnings without having any sort of debt load to go along with it. Yeah. For parents out there, one of the ways you can help your kids to achieve uh, debt-free degrees, so 529 plans, we talk about them all the time, but evidently contributions to 529 plans are drastically rising compared to last year. And it makes sense. There's a lot more flexibility that's involved with those. Were you to not use that for higher education, the ability to transfer, to roll that into a Roth IRA is huge. We love them as long as you are taking care of your own investing for your own retirement first. That's right. But one of the interesting things in that in that story was that they're highlighting the fact that they're one of the reasons that folks are contributing more this year compared to last year by a significant amount is because the stock market is up this year, <laughs> which is crazy because that just highlights how terrible we are as investors and how we invest based on our feelings as opposed to knowing that, oh, yeah, at some point this is going to go up. Uh-huh. People are investing more because they feel richer because just because the market is up and they think that that is going to continue. Which so. the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. As of how we you, know, it's true. <laughs> as opposed to had you dumped a bunch of money in last year while the market was down, you'd be looking at like 15 to 20, 25% returns yeah. depending on whenever you stuck that money into a 529. Your kid would have more money in that account just by (laughs) the fact of the stock market doing well because you put it in at a down period. Exactly. So if that's something you want to prioritize, I love it. But just like we often recommend for folks, dollar cost average, make that just a part of your investing plan. Don't look at the the headlines. Try to ignore how it is that you feel based on the performance of the stock market. Yeah. All right, Matt, we got to get to more stories. We got to talk about adjustable rate mortgages. Do those make sense? And also the privacy problem with new cars. Mm -hmm. It's massive. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we are back, and we will get to whether or not adjustable rate mortgages make sense today. But first, we got to finish up because we got some beer to drink with listeners in just a minute. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening to this, <laughs> maybe we already had those beers. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not the case. Uh, but we've got our ludicrous headline of the week, and this week's is from Consumer Reports. The headline reads: Car insurance quote comparison websites save you time, but watch for privacy pitfalls. And wanted to highlight this one because we all know that comparison shopping is a frugal person's best friend. Why pay more than you need to if you have the time to be able to shop around? And the, you know, truly, the more expensive uh, an item or a service is the more helpful it can be to dig to find a better price. Yeah, my dad recently got a Groupon to take uh, one of my kiddos to the jumpy place, whatever, the trampoline park. Nice. And it's great. The the green and blue one or the black and red one? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I don't know which one. That's how we talk about it because there's there's two of them near us and that's their color scheme. Yeah, I don't don't remember which one he took them to, but whatever one had a Groupon, right? (laughs) And which is great. You save 12, 15 bucks, whatever it is, and then you also realize that Groupon still exists, right? I mean, I kind of forget about Groupon most of the time now. But remember, remember Scout? mob oh yeah <laughs> scam mob was awesome for a hot minute right um but yeah that that is a small way to save but when you can shop around and save on recurring bigger mm-hmm. monthly or annual bills like we're talking about clawing big bucks back into your life so no shame in the game of the groupon that's great but just don't don't screw it up and only do the small stuff and not take advantage of the big ones and we totally want people to get multiple quotes for those big expensive things right shopping around for insurance every year or two is really important because the discrepancies between different providers can be massive but but as consumer reports found out in this article aggregator sites 
can help you do the shopping, but they might not do it uh, quite as well as they promise, right? And so know that if you use these sites, you might not get the transparent pricing information you're looking for. It's it's nice to have aggregators help you do some of that shopping so that you don't have to like reach out to 50 different companies on your own. But this, this Consumer Report, uh, Reports article was eye-opening because it basically showed that you're not necessarily getting the best price with them. You might get a better rate reaching out to these insurance companies directly. That's right. Yeah. Some insurance companies like State Farm and Farmers Insurance, they don't participate at all because only agents who work directly for them are allowed to write policies. So keep that in mind when you go to some of these aggregator sites that they're leaving out certain certain companies. It's, it's kind of like how Southwest, how they don't publish the rates on Google Flights. So it's just important to note that you're likely to get an inflated rate quote when you shop on some of these sites like the Zebra or Way.com. Uh, sometimes it'll be more expensive by just a few bucks, but other times you might get a quote for hundreds of dollars more than what you would have paid had you gone directly to the insurance company uh, itself. And some of the crappier sites are, are just lead generation magnets. This is where the privacy part of the story kicks in. They get your information, they turn it over to insurance companies who then hound you via phone and, and email. I get like... It's just a part of like, I guess, living life now. I don't know. My phone number is kind of everywhere, like on our different businesses and stuff like that. So like literally I get f sometimes three, but sometimes like six or seven uh, business voicemails and it's the same chick. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Lately it's been Mary or something like, like, hey, it's Mary. It's Ma ridiculous. They all come from different numbers. And so I you hope can't Mary comes to get beers with us tonight. <laughs> she, she will not. Yeah, uh, well, I get it for, you know, someone, uh, can we buy your house? I mean, those are the, I get a million of those phone calls. It feels like every day. It's, it's so frustrating to get on those lists and it's hard to yes. get off. And so that's really what Consumer Reports it's, is pointing out here. It's incredibly annoying. Yeah. So they actually interviewed a lawyer who works in the lead gen industry who said that consumers could get hundreds or even thousands of calls in the coming years just from a single submission for some quotes. And that's even if you are on the, the federal do not call list. And so it feels like we're between a rock and a hard place. We, we do want folks, we do want you out there to, to shop around because you could save a ton of money. Um, but maybe consider a local independent agent. Uh, they might likely be your best bet. Uh, an aggregator site might help. But make sure to add any independent agents into the into the mix and maybe try getting a quote directly from one of the insurers who doesn't work with independent independent agents as well. Um, it's not quite as easy as it would be to, to, to shop and save, but the savings could be substantial. So we want you to shop anyway. And hopefully the technology that allows them to spam us as much as they do, that technology will increase in tandem and we'll be able to, to block those. Obviously, you know, you block unknown numbers, right? Yeah. Like you, you've you got that selected on the iPhone. I probably should. No, maybe that's why I'm getting so many of these. Oh, yeah. G settings, phone, and there's a little toggle that says block okay. unknown caller. So, so any number that comes in that, it, and you're kind of out of the whole insurance uh, wrestling, you know, with, with your home and, and car and whatnot. So you don't need to hear from anybody if you don't know them. And if they, if you do need to hear from them, they, they'll just leave a voice. They'll leave a message. And you can call them back. That's right. Yeah. Uh, good to know. All right. Let's keep talking about privacy, Matt, because speaking of an invasion of privacy, it kind of feels like privacy is dead. Like a lot of our information is out there. The Equifax breach of 2017 kind of fully cemented that in a lot of our brains where something like 150 million Americans had a lot of their information just kind of uh, go out there into the ether. Some of that is our own doing though as well, right? The things that we share publicly about our lives that the whole world can see, um, social media and TikTok and like 
all that kind of stuff. Every right? time you, you TikTok your tax returns, that's right. Like you always get this huge rush of, of scam calls. That's right. Like, Why does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. But there's there's also been a fair amount of intrusion into spaces that we thought were off limits. And the Mozilla Foundation, the folks who make the the Firefox browser that fewer and fewer people use, they dropped a bombshell report this week showing that the one place that you likely thought was off limits isn't your car. Yes, as it turns out, is spying on you, at least if you have a newer one. So Mozilla, they looked at the privacy policies of 25 car manufacturers, and it turns out they are all collecting data on you via the technology that comes standard on a whole lot of car models because there's more and more tech in these cars now, right? There's microphones and cameras and screens and all that stuff. And they specifically found that 56% of these manufacturers will share that data that they're collecting with law enforcement in response to just an informal request, not even some sort of like no, uh, subpoena. Well, yeah, <laughs> nothing, none of that stuff. And 84% will share or sell person, personal data that they gather on you too. So your newer, newer model car, as it turns out, is a privacy nightmare. Yeah, and so all 25 car companies that they researched, they all basically failed. <laughs> but that being said, Nissan's policy actually stood out as being the absolute worst. It turns out the, that they can collect and share your, now get this, your sexual activity. Not totally sure how that comes into yeah, play. Like how do they I have no idea. But they can share that. They share and sell your health diagnosis data, genetic information alongside other sensitive personal info for targeted marketing. I, again, I don't know how the heck there's some, and maybe this is just written into their policy to where it's just like, not sure exactly how we're going <laughs> to get your genetic information, but when we do, we're going to sell it. Right. <laughs> but Nissan, they also disclose that, that they're going to share and sell, and this, I'm going to just read this quote, inferences drawn from any personal data collected to create a profile about a consumer reflecting the consumer's preferences, their characteristics, psychological trends, predispositions, behavior, attitudes, intelligence, abilities, and aptitudes to others for targeted marketing that purposes. That is so creepy. Inferences drawn based <laughs> on the actual data. They're creating a dossier profile on you, basically. And, and, and potentially even just making stuff up, which is insane. Like, yeah, I just... Didn't know that we needed to dig through a privacy policy before buying a new car. But the problem is, is all the companies failed. So even if you dig, dig, even if you did dig through it, it's not like there is some sort of alternative. Right. And so, well, except for driving an older car. Well, that's certainly (laughs) one tick uh, like on the side of owning an older car. But at some point. The old, like the new cars that we have are going to turn into old old cars. And so we can avoid it for the time being. But luckily, I mean, so Mozilla, they are a nonprofit and they're all about the Internet remaining a place for good for the public. And they actually have there's a there's a petition that you can sign. And so, yes, we are all about folks driving old vehicles, not only because they're more affordable, but because of the privacy concerns. But at some point, we're going to run out of runway Uh, (laughs) and we're going to be faced with the same concerns, even if it's in a car that's been around for 10 years. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that a report but we'll, like... We'll link to that in the show notes yes. where, where does that folks can sign because it needs to be more an issue and the fact is people aren't... They're, they're just not digging into it. It's not something that folks are aware of. Well, it's just like the terms of service. Like who really scrolls through and reads it every time? If you did... Mozilla. You'd never actually download <laughs> an app. Fortunately, there, yeah, there are nonprofit orgs out there like Mozilla doing, the, doing their due diligence, doing the research for us as consumers. And... I just hope that when this information gets brought to light, that it holds the car manufacturer's feet to the fire yep. and that they say, oh, we didn't think we were going to get caught. We didn't think anybody read that stuff. But now that 
they know there's a cop on the beat to a certain extent. Maybe they'll reform their ways. Maybe Nissan will say, hey, listen, we're not going to collect any of this stuff. And the small amounts of data that we do collect, we're going to, you know, we're going to make sure we don't sell it and make any money off it. I don't know. I'm curious to see how they respond. Or if they just ramp up their info selling side hustle right <laughs> right or if they like discount the price of the car because you, you know they got they're making so much money on your data that they can sell you a, a car for like 15 grand who knows maybe uh, but all right let's talk about mortgages for a second should you get a fixed rate or an adjustable rate mortgage that's kind of a, a big personal finance conundrum for a lot of people and, and a whole lot of people in this space will tout the 15 or 30 year mortgage with the fervor of a religious zealot some people don't even like the 30 year mortgage like no way that's uh, the, the only Are thing you, you an should, idiot the only thing you should even consider <laughs> is the 15 because you got to pay off your debt as quickly as possible well when rates were crazy low like in the twos and threes we liked the idea of locking in a rate for decades to come oh yeah the 30 year mortgage looked really appealing right in, in, in those years but as rates have risen it started to in some cases make sense to opt for an arm. And I say in some cases because so much depends on how long you're likely to be in that home, how long the rate stays fixed for in the arm, right? Is it a 5-1 arm or is it a 10-1 arm or is it a 10-6 arm, that kind of thing. And so that that 10-1 arm, for instance, provides 10 years of a much lower rate. Oftentimes, I took out an arm actually last summer when we bought the house, a 10-1 arm, because the rate difference was so significant. But it looks like that gap is shrinking, according to new data from Bankrate. Arms are no longer offering such an appealing spread, which is making fixed-rate mortgages look superior again. So arms, they were kind of winning there last year for a little while. Not so much right now. Yeah, but do, but do shop around because the fact is there could be a difference. It depends on so many different factors. I'll, I'll say I th- one of the reasons that I think uh, fixed rates were so stinking popular is because people... And I feel this to a certain extent myself, but there's a permanence that comes with that. Like, yeah. you know that, like, I never have to worry about this thing ever again. But the more, I guess, the longer we've been in personal finance, the more I think I've realized that that proposition is overvalued uh, because we move more often than we think. I, yep. I looked this up. The U.S. Census Bureau uh, found that the average American moves once every five years. And so you're saying to yourself, all right, yeah, for the next 30 years, I'm going to be here and I don't have to worry about uh, my rate going up. Well, f- chances are, I mean, five years is much, much uh, less time than an actual 30 years. Yes. So the reality is that don't think about avoiding an arm because you're afraid of what it's going to reset to. Certainly keep that in mind, I guess. But if you are able to get a significantly lower rate by going with an arm, I wouldn't be too concerned thinking that, well, in t- 10 years from now, that thing's going to reset to a higher rate. Chances are, based on the data, that you are probably going to be You'll in a be different house yeah, yeah. <laughs> by that point. And if it matters, it, just consider that, I guess. Yeah. Because the younger younger you are, the more likely you are to move. And the older you are, the more you put down roots and you tend not to move as much. It depends on a lot of things. Well, it's important to note that not all arms are created equal, right? Uh, a 5-1 arm and a 10-1 arm are different. Like if, if last summer I had been offered a 5-1 arm, it would have drastically changed the way I thought about it. But I was like, 10 years? Locked in? At a point and a half lower? That's a no-brainer. And mm-hmm. hopefully in, over the next decade, I will have saved up enough to where I can pay pay off the, the rest of the balance in the worst case scenario that the rates skyrocket. They're much yeah. higher than I thought. Yeah. Okay. So by the way, uh, one of the main things that's led to the, the housing market basically seizing up is a lot of folks who have a locked in low rate for decades to come. Even if they would like to move, it's 
like these incredibly low rates are acting like a like a set of golden handcuffs, keeping folks in a home that they would otherwise probably would have considered leaving. Uh, but assumable mortgages, they would be a great answer to greasing the wheels. They're they're popular in the commercial real estate world, but not so much on the consumer side of things. Uh, but one startup, they I think literally they launched this past week, uh, but they're trying to make that a reality. Uh, it's a company called Rome, and apparently. One in five, like a little over 20% of mortgages have some sort of assumable mortgage clause written into the language of that mortgage. And wouldn't you pay more for a house in order to snag that owner's 3% rate? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So will this company actually get traction? Who knows? They're, they've got a few things. Go, assumable mortgages in general have a few things going against them. Like the lenders, they don't make nearly as much money by transferring that mortgage as opposed to underwriting an entirely new one. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. The other thing is just the down payment that's required because, or I guess it's not technically a down payment, but if you if you assume someone's mortgage and but you have a purchase price that is over that amount, you're, you've got to come to the table with a difference. Extra cash, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's say you bought a home from somebody, they paid 400000 for that home and over, you know, and they get that balance down to 300000 But let's say you come in and you're like, yeah, we'll buy your house for 500000 Well, you assume that 300000 balance, but they need to be paid $200,000. Mm-hmm. So instead of you having put 20% down on a $500,000 home, which is $100,000. You got to pay double that in order to acquire that house. Which so. can make it more difficult from a, how much cash have you saved up to a buy of, a house a standpoint. And a lot of folks don't have that much money right. on hand. Let, like, there's a lot of folks who aren't putting 20% down, let alone the, the difference between the purchase price and whatever the remaining sure. balance is. So. But for folks who can, for folks who have saved up more, and for you know, people who want to go check out Rome's website, it's cool it's because checking out. they're kind Absolutely. of trying to match sellers and buyers. Seller might be able to make a little more. Buyers are able to get you know a ridiculously low rate that they don't have access to anymore in this market. And depending on how long you stay in that house and depending on how much cash you have on hand, it could be a match made in heaven. But uh, yeah, super, super interesting. Always fun to see some sort of tech startup trying to create an arrangement that would otherwise be almost impossible to to come by. Matchmaker a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's like the (laughs) eHarmony for homes. But uh, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. We got to go drink beers now with listeners. Uh, Again, inner voice brewing indicator from 4th APM. We hope to see you there if you're in the Atlanta area. If you're not, you know, we're going to be in New Orleans next month, so we might do one there. And oh, we might, yeah. Maybe we need, need to do more traveling, too. We need <laughs> to get out there. But uh, that's going to be it. We'll ho- I hope you have a great weekend. Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.